Um, I will not poison you. Thank I you. also will yeah. not poison James, you. James, that is why we're friends. <laughs> I don't yes. know why we're friends mutual, then. Not, not poisoning. poisoning. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Inconclusive, the podcast where we randomly select topics and argue about them. Coming up Inconclusive. My name is James. My name is Abigail. And my name is Candace. All three of us are educators at an international school in Taiwan and bring wildly different perspectives to the table. It is important to note that our individual opinions do not necessarily reflect those of our employer. Okay, let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome to our new series. This series is going to be covering some unpopular opinions that we hold. Each of us will be taking a um, episode in this series, and we're just going to share some things that maybe has caused people to raise an eyebrow or two at us for holding. Or three, you know, we don't discriminate against people who may have three Unibrows? eyebrows. Or, or one. Or one. Yeah, she did one say one eyebrow. or two. Yeah. yeah. Just, or three, you know. One or more eyebrows. If your hairline is, like, low enough. You can raise we that as well. potentially consider that an eyebrow. I guess that's true. No, Wouldn't your I whole head be an eyebrow? <laughs> <laughs> your whole head would be the eye, right? Oh, okay. You know, I mean, like, your whole scalp. That would all be one eyebrow, too. That's true. That'd be quite the eyebrow. I will be starting off this series with my unpopular opinion, um, which is I have never read any of the Harry Potter series, nor Gasp. watched any of the Harry Potter movies, <gasps> nor feel inclined to do so. Gasp. Wow. What led you to this astoundingly Astounding. unpopular opinion, Abigail? <laughs> Astoundingly unpopular. Is that, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, it works. It does work. It just feels like very harsh <laughs> for it being books. So Harry Potter came out, right, when I was like, what, third or fourth grade, something like that. And during that time, it was very, it was a very Christian conservative thing to do to not allow your kids to read the Harry Potter books because it talks about witchcraft and a whole bunch of other things, right? And so when it I mean, first, there are basically literal demons in it. You yeah, know, like yeah. Suck your soul out. They're so. supposed to represent depression. Great. Yeah. And so my parents were like, oh, you know, that makes us feel a little uncomfortable. You're young, right? Third, fourth grade. And like, no. And then as I got older, of course, it became less of a thing. And they were okay if I wanted to read it. But by that point, I was like sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, starting to be in middle school. And I'm like the only one of my friends who hasn't read it. And I was also at that time reading um, much higher reading level than a lot of my peers. Book flex. <laughs> Book flex. Um, and so it was, it felt kind of pedantic. Would that be the right word to use here? To like go down yeah. to read something with more, for a more juvenile audience than I was at the time. Oh, it's a little bit of like arrogance in there, right? Well, like I'm reading, I was reading some Frank Peretti stuff at the time and I was reading, like I'd already read through all of the um, Lord of the Rings and I was mm -hmm. halfway through the, like the C.S. Lewis stuff. It just kind of felt Snap. like... Wait, what grade? Would, oh, like middle seventh, school? Like 7th, 8th, yeah. Okay. And mm -hmm. so it kind of felt a little like beneath me, but not in an arrogant way, in a way of like, I want to keep reading the caliber of the book that I'm reading. And the first book is written to what, like a third or fourth grade audience. Yeah. And so it was just. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's oh. like a fourth grade reading level. 
like whenever you look it up on Scholastic. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The first book. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of increases. Because if I understand correctly, she had the vision of writing with her kid's age. Right. right? So that way, as, as each kid kind of continued to grow, that the books would grow with them, which right. is kind of why it's so wildly popular, especially with our generation. Because as yeah. it was getting published, the generation that first started reading her books were going with her kids like Mm. they were getting older too and so each year or every every two years there'd be a new book and it just got more and more popular with the same generation and then the generations after and loved it and then they shared it with their kids and so Mm -hmm. on Mm. so then by the time like and then I never really heard about it again when I was in high school because my whole group of friends had already way moved past Harry Potter we're not reading or watching it anymore that was like old news for them and so um I never really thought about it again until I was in college and I had a roommate who really enjoyed them. And I was like, well, I've never read them or whatever. And it was like this shocking thing that I still hadn't read them. And it was kind of fun to be different in such a silly pop culture, but not really because it's so like everywhere pervasive that like I have a basic understanding of the whole story. And like when people say like, oh, was it Harry? You like, like get I that. totally oh, like, understand. Oh, yeah. And I also mm-hmm. understand like being called a Hufflepuff. Yeah. And I understand like d- the Dumbledore and Voldemort stuff. Like I understand, I get it. Like I don't feel so removed from pop culture surrounding Harry Potter that like I'm not included in some of the conversation. Um, but then on the other hand, like I haven't, read or watched or at all like i haven't taken any harry potter tests for, I haven't, for our like, listeners i just want you to know she is grinning as she says this and i have thoughts about that in a second carry on <laughs> i'm feeling very called out right now um <laughs> and i've kind of like been able to keep myself mostly removed from harry potter while still being able to engage in conversations and basically understand like what's going on mm. you know and so it's been kind of this interesting it's been this interesting kind of journey, and I really don't have any intention of ever reading ever them. reading them like at all, nor watching any of the movies. I have told Abigail repeatedly that I will start sending her sound bites of chapters at a time, especially now that Spotify has added whole chapter readings from famous people of I think the entire first book, if not all of the series. And I've I've asked her and begged her and. Uh, offered to trade experiencing other books or media with her, such as another podcast series that she wanted me to listen to. And I said, well, actually, I, I want, I will only do it if you will listen to Harry Potter. And she said a resounding no. I said, actually, what I said was only one of us will be missing out and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so much shade. So when I was a little kid, I actually had the Chinese translations of Harry Potter but I don't think we had the whole set. So I like read parts of it when I was in like the old uh, art, the old cover art. And uh, I read parts of those when I was in, I guess, like fifth or sixth grade. But I didn't really like reading things in Chinese is a lot harder than mm. English because of characters and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So for I think for a Chinese copy of that book, it would not have been like a third or fourth grade level. So it was fairly difficult for me to read in Chinese. And then when I switched over to... Um, Morrison in ninth grade, I was like kind of overwhelmed with the amount of reading that was happening in English. So I really didn't have time to read leisurely. Um, So the first time I actually read the entire Harry Potter series was in college uh, when I was definitely way, I mean, way beyond third and fourth grade (laughs) reading level, I I think. Uh, No comment. But I did it, I think I did it for 
Mackenzie. Because mm. she loved them. And I was like, you know, I want to, you know, appreciate what you appreciate. Aww. So that's why I read all of them in like probably within a month because I was working at a at the gym at our college. Mm-hmm. And it was just like I was just sitting at the desk to make sure people weren't like, you know. I don't know, doing dumb things on the treadmill with the big medicine balls, or, or not medicine balls. What are those big bouncy ball things? I think medicine balls. I think yeah. No, the bouncy ones? Yoga balls. Yoga, oh, yeah. yoga balls. Yeah. I was just sitting there eight hours. Not eight hours, but like, yeah, eight hours a day. Ooh, that's Shoot. a lot. And just time. reading. It was great. But you were sitting on a yoga ball? No, I was sitting in a chair. You would have had ripped abs if you were sitting on a yoga ball for eight hours a day. But true. I don't, so instead I read Harry Potter. <laughs> you could have done both. They're not what would you rather exclusive. have, ripped abs or re- have read Harry Potter? I feel like... Is <laughs> <laughs> that a really real question? Ripped I mean, abs! I would rather have ripped... Mm, oh, oh, I don't know. Candace, what do you think? Having read Harry Potter, because I can work for abs. It's fine. And we'll be back after this break. Hello, welcome to Currently Reading with Abigail, with James. Today's book is The Volunteer by Jack Fairweather. This book tells the true story of Witold Pilecki, a Polish underground operative who infiltrated the Nazi labor camp at Auschwitz. Through brilliant sabotage, assassinations, and detective work, Pilecki uncovers the shocking truth of Hitler's final solution as it developed from within prison walls. Remarkable and superbly written, the Volunteer is a damning indictment of the Allies' inaction despite Pilecki's warnings of the mass extermination of Jews, Poles, Gypsies, and other people deemed undesirable by the Third Reich, and a searing account of the horrifying realities of a Nazi concentration camp. See you next time! Welcome back. We are talking about unpopular opinions, and today we're talking about my unpopular opinion, which is that I have not and have no interest in reading any of Harry Potter or watching any of the movies. Candace, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with Harry Potter? I My experience with Harry Potter is that I was also from, or I still am, like, like it's not like my <laughs> past changed suddenly. Uh, my, my family is... Uh, Revisionist uh, History 101 with Candace. <laughs> They're they're um, uh, conservative, but also also Christian. And uh, my my mom wouldn't let me read Harry Potter growing up, and it also kind of extended to the movies we watched. She was really hesitant to let us watch other kinds of movies. I remember even that we had a rule where when I was in elementary school, we weren't allowed to watch Hercules on Sundays, <laughs> which sounds kind of silly when I say it out loud. But she she didn't like certain things and and was worried about us like idolizing. Them. So, for example, um, with I mean, Hercules is pretty worth idolizing, <laughs> in my opinion. The, the other Speaking part of, of abs. the other part of the Harry Potter reason why she didn't want us reading it was also because she had a she and my dad had a real not experience but like semi experience with witchcraft. My when we lived in Mississippi, I was a baby at the time. I think it was a toddler by the time we moved. Um, my dad was a, a youth pastor at the church and a deacon from their church. I believe he was the deacon. I'm remembering a story, and it has been repeated so many times. I'm pretty sure I remember it, but there may be some details gone up. 
but um, the deacon was a policeman. And uh, so he calls up my dad and says, hey, I'm, I'm pulling up outside of your house. I have something you need to see. And uh, so dad comes outside of the house and sees the policeman. He opens up his trunk of his car and there were items that appeared to have been used in a sacrifice. There was like a little oh, bloody altar. Okay. There were like, oh, no. like things in the trunk. And he- That's just like all of Harry Potter. <laughs> And he said that these. This was uh, from Sorry, the woods. Sorry, I shouldn't demean your. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, it, it makes Sorry sense. Mr. and Mrs. Brown. That was rude. <laughs> it, your experiences are important and have long-lasting effects on your life and children. And, Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh! And they. Uh, he said that it was from uh, the woods behind our house because it was apparently the woods behind our house were a part of the largest concentration of Wiccan activity in the state of Mississippi. Oh Harry gosh. Potter also has trees in it, so... <laughs> same, same. Hogwarts. And I think it was the Wiccan thing, too, the fact that it's, like, quote-unquote, real-life witches, and uh, so, like, that made my mom extra paranoid about... Or not mm. paranoid, extra concerned I feel about. like Wiccanism was a big thing back in the day. What is that? Because I feel Wic- like I used to hear about it all the time. And Wiccanism? Then, yeah, or Wiccan... That? It's like you're very holistic. You, like, get medicine from the earth. You don't take any, like, modern medicine. You Oh, you, um, like, live off nature? Kind yeah, of like, except, you feel very connected to nature. You may burn incense. But you also, incense. like, pray like, to the goddess, oh, and you yeah, do yeah. rituals kind of like and chants. like a pantheistic, naturalistic yeah, person. Yeah, totally, yeah. except for, like... Also with covens and also mm-hmm. with like chanting and yep. yeah, incantations yeah. and you. Mm. I had a friend in high school who was Wiccan and she talked about how like they never took any medicine that was from a bottle. They, her mom used to make all of their medicine um, like wow. from plants. So. Uh, to clarify, I mean, not everyone who is holistic no, is, is Wiccan. Wiccan. <laughs> I, and not everyone say, who like, is Wiccan has, I think is holistic. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, like... And not everyone in Harry Potter is Wiccan Wiccan either. Or holistic. Some of them are great. (laughs) Like Hermione. (laughs) Hermione is great. Well, and so that so that's like I think the background of why my mom wouldn't or why my yeah my mom really because my dad didn't really care so much or didn't really express concern about what I was reading. Mom mm-hmm. was more the one that was concerned about Harry Potter. I remember I think in sixth or seventh grade bringing home the first book. She saw it on my bed and said, "Take that back to school tomorrow. You are not reading that." And that's I think the first time I was like actually kind of angry or feeling kind of rebellious about it. Of mm-hmm. like I want to read it, but I respected her wishes. And when I was, I think. I was getting my master's degree and I had a commute from my house to a school that I was working at. And I said, you know what? I am uh, able to decide what I read now. I can make a a concerted decision. I'm going to tell my mom that I'm reading them and just let her know. And I will also like talk about the books and see. And I knew going into it that I wanted to see the the good of the story because I believe and I've read this in uh, reading between the lines it's a book about um, Christian a Christian approach to literature that every book either uh, reflects God in its absence of God or in its mm. fullness of God mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. every story has God in it whether or we are looking in it for him or seeing him as an absence but I've also heard of people and read articles and seen books about it where they connect um, Harry as like a Christ figure or Dumbledore as like a Christ figure or there's a redemption narrative and there's lots of ways that you can read the story and see some Christian elements and themes coming out of it. Not to idolize Harry but and, or Dumbledore, but to say that every story, um, according to this approach, sees Jesus in its books. So kind of going back to the unpopular opinion, why... 
do you guys, why do you read, Abigail? Why do I read? Yeah. Or like, why do you not, like what, like kind of what's your thought process of like, I'm going to read this or I'm not going to read this? Like, are there certain books that you're drawn to? And why is Harry Potter a book that you're just like, nah? I think actually my favorite type of book, this is kind of new, maybe. I've been reading, so for anyone who doesn't know, I've been reading a lot this year. I'm trying to read a hundred and what, like 80 books from one setting in each of the states of the U.S. and one setting of 80 different countries. So that's not 180. That would be 130. I don't teach math, so it's okay. Wait, wait, wait. There's 50 states. There's 80 countries. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, wait a minute. Hold 100, on. 130. 130. Yeah. Right? Right, James? Right? Yeah, the, as the resident math teacher, I'm both ashamed but also glad that you reached the correct answer. On our own. But yep. you also mm-hmm. have, wouldn't you also want to read the U.S. territories, too? I'm just doing states. Oh, I'm going to eventually, my Rico. goal eventually, my goal eventually will be Poor to have read. <laughs> or Guam. Guam. Guam is a territory. My future goal is to be able to read one from every inhabited space on earth, like setting. So like eventually it's going to, it, but I can't, touched. I cannot do Dude, it. Falkland Islands. That's too There's too some much. sick stories. It's a Falkland Islands. It's totally not related to this topic. So <laughs> I will not talk about it. Okay. But I really love literary nonfiction where it's kind of the narrative driven of real experiences of real people. And I also do not like romantic stories. Like, I don't like it when there's some sort of... No. I don't like it when there's some sort of, like, um, love interest and it kind of is a formative part of the story that makes me so angry because the story could stand on its own legs without any of that. And if it can't, then it's not worth reading. That hot, that's another hot take, maybe. Whoa, that's <laughs> a very hot take. So you just don't like love stories or just like, nah. No, I don't like love stories in movies either. Like, if that's the focal point of a movie, you can bet that it is not my favorite. Um, huh. That's like most movies now have a romantic plot line, subplot, yeah. or main. Well, but like, I think what you're saying is that the movie or the plot can exist without that subplot. Yeah. Mm, I think yeah. if it's just a subplot, it would yeah, be okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And with that, I think we need to take a quick break. And welcome to the segment called Words Are Hard with Candace with Abigail, where I am sharing an interesting word or phrase. Today's word is apothecary. While apothecary traditionally means a druggist or a pharmacist, it can also mean drug store. It comes from the Greek apotheki, meaning storehouse. For example, one could say, I'm going to go to the apothecary to get cold medicine. Apothecary. And welcome back. James, what was your second question? My second question was, why do you think you still refuse to read Harry Potter or watch the movies? Can we parse out a little bit? Like, what's, what's behind all this? She's smiling for you <laughs> listeners, just so you know. Because um, it's kind of an easy answer. The, the first, the, I guess, okay, it's just because I haven't yet. So why? Like, and I know that sounds really trivial, but it's one of those things where... I still feel like I'm able to participate in cultural conversations. Like, I, I, I know enough to understand what it means when someone's like, oh, they're a Slytherin. I get it. Um, do, you, do you? Like, I understand enough 
to where I'm like, oh, okay, okay. and able to move forward with my life and not feel like I'm missing out on mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. I, so I, 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 so I don't feel like I'm missing out culturally. And like, y'all, I'm turning 28. It's been like two decades of not reading them. And maybe one day I'll win a Guinness Book of World Records for being the oldest living person to still have not participated in any Harry Potter anything. Actually not true because many of the people in our older generation would also be there. One day when they're all dead. I mean, they're, wow. they're probably still hey. like, you know, people <laughs> out there that they're, they're not allowed to read books because that choice can still be made. We kind of talked about self-censorship a couple of episodes back, but I think there will be people still. You will not be the best at not reading Harry Potter. I don't feel like I need to be the best <laughs> at not reading Harry Potter. I just kind of like that I haven't. And it's interesting because Candace, as she mentioned earlier, has been like trying to text me chapters of books or send me bites of books for like a year now. And it's really interesting because she's not the first person actually to have done that. So when I first oh. started teaching, um, my second year, I had this co-teacher who I really loved and I still love you Katie Clem you have to be listening to this because I will be sending it to you um and she got this really beautiful hand all the pages were hand painted and drawn wow um copy of I think it was the first book and she one one day we used to actually play mahjong after classes on Friday so we would like play mahjong in our classroom and then one day in between, like, when we could start playing Mahjong and after the kids were gone, she was like, I'm going to read to you Harry Potter. And she took out this gorgeous book. And I have a picture of it somewhere. And she's reading like I'm a student so I can see all the pictures, the first chapter of Harry Potter. And, um, and it was like one of these like precious memories. But like I never finished it, nor was interested in never hearing any of the other ones, even though it was a good memory. Can I just say that? you are officially not the best at not reading Harry Potter because you've read a chapter. That's true. I'm not trying to be the best at it. I'm just trying to not do it. Candace, I have a question for you. Yes. Why do you think it's so important for Abigail to read Harry Potter? I, I, think, I was going to ask the same thing. I think selfishly because I, I, like, I want you to see yourself in books because I feel like sometimes we all, one of the major benefits of reading fiction is that we we see like C.S. Lewis says we read to know we're not alone. Like we we read fiction. Actually, walk outside to know I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, but like I observe be, other human beings. But being alone in, in whatever stage of life that we may feel like totally totally alone in that stage where like no one else is going understands what I'm going through. And then we may read a book mm. where someone is going through the exact same thing. And we're like, holy cow, what I'm experiencing is maybe unique to me, but it's a normal thing or it's, it's not as painful because someone else is experiencing it with me. And it like, I, one reason I love the, the series, I, I was reading it in a time when I was finishing my master's degree. I was just on my commute, listening to it in the car. And I was finishing a stage of life and going into another stage of life. I'm pretty sure I started reading it very soon before signing my contract to move to Taiwan. And uh, there are a lot of moments in the series where Harry is going through uh, grief and going through loss and going through um, emotions that feel very universal, but not universal while you're in them. They feel like no one has experienced the grief like I've felt. And even though he's not a real human, it feels human because of 
experiencing those things with him. I feel like, though, the presupposition to why you want me to read it assumes that I don't read other books that make me feel the same for way. For sure. You know what sure. I mean? So but like, like I also like a shared language. I like, like for Doctor Who, for example, oh, we yeah. reference Doctor Who a lot, a lot and we talk about like certain episodes. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you remember the adipose? Oh, do you remember the ouds? Do you remember this? And like that shared like... Connection. De- addiction yeah. almost. That we can, we can like talk about something and instantly know what the other person's thinking. And yes, you already have a basic understanding of Slytherin, Hufflepuff, Dementors, whatever. But... One of the one of the the other thing that we love to talk about a lot is the Enneagram, and like there's a the lot of conversation about like houses and and people being like people being sorted into houses based on choice versus what the sorting hat wants you to do. And I love that people kind of think of themselves in multi multiple layers, and it, books can help us also kind of see pieces of our own personality or see where where our weaknesses are and where our strengths are. But, like, how much would we actually talk about Harry Potter if I read the books anyway? Like, I would not, even if I read them all right now, just to Mm -hmm. make everyone happy, I definitely would not want it to break up any more of the daily conversation. I would be asking him about you, asking about those books in your life as long as you are reading them and maybe for a couple of months afterward. I'd be like, so what did you think of this part? So then it would only be common language for like two months. Yeah. That's a great connection to make. <laughs> As like, if vacationing around Taiwan was not enough of a connection. We we just got back from <laughs> a week-long vacation where we road-tripped around the east side of Taiwan and back down oh my gosh. the west side. If you're ever in Taiwan, if you're not from Taiwan and you are ever in Taiwan, you 100 out of 100. <laughs> and if you are in Taiwan and have not done it, oh my gosh, go do it right now. It's true. That's my opinion on that. And we had lots of long car ride days where we were talking for six or seven hours across a day. And I think we have talked more in the last week than ever in our friendship. (laughs) I think that's probably true. (laughs) We're stuck together. And I still haven't read Harry Potter. And we didn't talk about it. It's true. We talked about other things that... Because we don't have that common language. That's my point. Like uh, Mackenzie, James's wife, we have talked a lot about Harry Potter over the years. See, like, I don't know if I want my life to now be filled up with extra Harry Potter, though. Here's like I I don't want to talk about Lord of the Rings, and I don't want to talk about C.S. Lewis, like Chronicles of Narnia. Extra Narnia, dude. You don't like Aslan. Also, Mr. Tumnus totally looked like a person I work with when I was a (laughs) high schooler. Let me clarify real quick. I love The Lord of the Rings, and I love Chronicles of Narnia. I don't want to talk about it extra when in relation specifically to talking about the books or the movie. And we will talk after this break. Hello. Welcome to Jokes and Jocular Facts with James with Candace. Today's joke is... I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It's impossible to put down. Today's jocular fact is that reading fiction makes you a better person. According to Psychology Today, in a 2018 study, researchers reviewed experiments on the effects of reading fiction. They found that it modestly improved people's capacity to understand and mentally react to other individuals and social situations. And by and large, that was after reading a single story. This has been Jokes and Jocular Facts with James with Candace. Catch you next time. And welcome back. We were just talking about the benefits versus the cons of 
we're having a shared language around reading the same book, which we're talking about Harry Potter. Abigail, I feel like while Candace is seems hell bent on getting you to read Harry Potter, uh, heaven bent, heaven bent, sure. Um, I think that you should read whatever you want and whatever makes you happy to an extent. Um, (laughs) But I also do, I think it is interesting to think about, like, I like, I really liked what you said about um, seeing yourself in a story. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's something that, like, I personally kind of struggle with because I'm a very, like outline give me the bullet points just tell me the main ideas kind of person and Mm -hmm. i don't i have a hard time like relating to the character arc or the emotional development of a character through Mm. a whole series so um all that to say abigail i think i think you're not a worse person for not having seen harry potter I agree for the for the, the work, most part. I agree for the most not for the most part. And for, I, for the record, I meant to say for the record, not for the most and, part. And I, I I will not make any attempt to smuggle bits of the narrative into your into your anything food. into your in your food. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to eat it, smuggle some poison in. Like if she considers it poisonous, you know, then it'd be like. Um, I will not poison you. I you. also will yeah. not. Poison that, James, you. that is why we're friends. <laughs> I don't yes. know why Lack we're friends mutual then. Mutual, not, not poisoning. poisoning. <laughs> Keep the friendship. I I have one more, uh, I think, connection that I look back on fondly. When, before I had read Harry Potter, I went to England for studying abroad. And uh, we visited Scotland while we were on, in the UK. And uh, I wanted to hit major landmarks in Edinburgh up in Scotland. And so... One of the landmarks there was the Elephant Cafe. I think it was Elephant Cafe. That is where J.K. Rowling wrote the first few chapters of Harry Potter. And at the time, she was homeless, totally broke, wrote the first chapter on a napkin. And uh, the the owner, like, let her continue staying there without buying anything for a couple of weeks. And now she is one the first... I think she was the first author ever to be a billionaire from... Uh, from writing books only, just from books. And I, I think she was the first one. And I just really love the idea that someone could have a whole universe in their brain that they build such a complicated but steady world that works in in playing it out. And yeah, there's a few like discrepancies or holes, but like what I love how the people can take the story and this is one of the other reasons I love I love reading fiction is that it's adaptable and you can adapt a story to continue in one direction and adapt it in another direction. Fan fiction is a thing. And while fan mm. fiction seems like it's a new thing, it's actually yeah, one of the oldest forms yeah. of storytelling. Like A Thousand and One Nights was fan fiction of itself. Like it continued to propagate yeah, based on yeah. what people wanted to add to a story. And I think that this is a, a story in a long tradition of making... Uh, something out of nothing when it's not really even nothing. Like one thing from uh, reading the the book that I read that was talking about how to read uh, literature from a Christian perspective is that we are we, either you can review you can view readers as or, and writers as a lamp or a mirror that either we are reflecting the world around us in what we write or we are creating new writing 
from nothing. And I think that both are correct because we are creators in the same way that God has created us. That if we're reflecting the image of God, then we can create really cool and amazing worlds. And I just love like this complicated world. And I, I wish someday to share it with you. I understand that that probably won't happen. I feel like all that is true. Even if Abigail never reads Harry Potter. I know, I know. Like all but these it's such things. a cool story. I just but love I feel it. like it's So that's the reason. Yeah, because I think it's such a cool creation that like I'm like, I want to talk about how awesome it is. It's the same thing as if But you do anyway. I know. <laughs> I know, but you don't get it. Like I when insist, I talk about the I insist on you investigating the internal combustion system of a train engine because it's super awesome and creative. If if you actually can And it has both a lamp I'm and more a likely you, to do that. mirror. Probably. If you honestly cared about that enough that you talked about it enough in conversation, I think Abigail would probably want to study up on it because I, I, Abigail I cares about would, you, you know? But I, but I don't know if I would be able to convince you to read like a seven-part novel series. Okay, so okay, the other problem, like going back to being really honest, is that at this point, like the level of the complicated kind of stories and worlds and things that I'm reading, it's like drinking milk Just toast. Like book flex. It's, I mean, okay, guys, I'm reading at an adult reading level. <laughs> Well, I'm as an adult, I read average. Harry Potter, and it was enjoyable. Yeah, I, I did, too. I read it when I was 23. But you're not reading it to placate a friend. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. I was reading it to placate myself. I definitely was. But you weren't to placate a friend. To, but you weren't to, not to friend. placate a friend. She was more than a friend. To placate oh, someone true. you were trying to marry. Facts. <laughs> Straight facts. So it's Straight different. Facts. different. So if different. Josiah asked you to read Harry Potter, would you do it? She's not trying to marry him. She's continuing it's to marry happened. him. It's already happened. It's been done. Actually, if he asked me to read it and he was sincere, seriously, like, I love it. It was wonderful. I think that it's a really good story. It would mean a lot to me if he read it. I I know who I need to lobby for. But he watched the movies and were really unimpressed with them. Mm. He thought that it was kind of boring and that they weren't very exciting and all of that. And he kind of was like, eh, about having watched them. And so with that, on the one hand, who, and he's like, he's like, likes intelligent stuff, you know? And mm. so with... <laughs> he's a smart dude. Like, he's a fan of smart like, things. I mean, smart he likes cookie. he likes Lord of the Lord of the Rings movies, like well done things. And no. so with him feeling that about the movies, not interested in watching them, and then him never having been interested in reading the books, either because of his experience with the movies, you know what I mean? It kind of ties it around for me. Totally off-topic fun fact, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter both have a color composition similarity. Like, they start out really, really broad color strokes, beautiful, like, lots of greens and reds and oranges and yellows, and then as the movies progress, they get narrower and narrower into darkness and light contrast with, like, flashes of red, especially with Lord of the Rings, like, that last movie. Basically, the only color you see is the red lava from Mount Doom, and everything else is basically black and white. Mordor. Yeah. Mordor, yeah. So it's like, well, I was thinking of Mount Doom because, no, yeah, because fires of Mount Doom. That's, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, anyways. So there's like lots of lava, and that's the only color you get in Lord of the Rings towards the last movie. But like in, in Harry Potter, it's the same way. As the first movie is so bright and colorful because it's that lower reading yeah, level, yeah. and then it continues to narrow and narrow until the last movie. It's almost in black and white. It's so much contrast. There's that's very cool. little color. I like how um, directors, mm-hmm. is that who would be in charge of that, yeah. would can do things like that in the movies, kind of like draw your attention in the same way that like artists can, painters, right, mm-hmm. can paint or draw something very narrowly. Which would draw your attention to a focal point. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, it's been kind of fun to like actually suss out a little bit more of the th- y'all's 
opinion of my opinion. <laughs> um, I'm still not going to read Harry Potter That's <laughs> as fair. of right now. And we affirm that decision. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I would be really interested to know for you, my dear listeners, to tell me why you think I should read Harry Potter or why I should not read it. You can message us at The Inconclusive Podcast on Instagram or on Facebook. And once again, you've reached the inconclusive end of The Inconclusive Podcast. Sharing is caring. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Inconclusive Podcast. Talk to you next time. Thank you.